Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? And welcome into the Thursday, October the 4th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And I'm here, as always, to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we break down the Cincinnati Bengals-Miami Dolphins matchup. Keys to look for on either side of the football. The injury updates, including a big boost to the Miami secondary. And we'll lock up another pregame prediction, as well as predict the final score. But before any of that, I first kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast podcast from. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. Let us know how we are doing on the show. Give me a follow on Twitter at Linkfield NFL. Voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter by Dolphins Twitter, as well as at Locked on Fins. You can find my work in the Palm Beach Post, Fan Rag Sports, a bunch of other places as well. But most of all, LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On Network. And of course, check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have some injury items to get to, so let's bring on the Mad Dog. And the big news of the Wednesday as I record this podcast slash Thursday injury update is that safety Rashad Jones is going to play in the game. Last two weeks, he said he wasn't sure this time of the week. Now he says he is ready to go and sounds like he will come back and give the Dolphins secondary the big, big boost it needs. And what it does mostly is allows the Dolphins better tackling in the secondary, but also to put guys back in the right positions like Minka Fitzpatrick going back into the slot, but possibly playing outside in the base package as well. And it sounds like Cordrea Tankersley might get his shot after being kind of a surprise inactive early on in the season. And some other roster notes, it sounds like Cameron Malveaux could kick inside and play some defensive tackle. He is 276 pounds and has worked at both defensive tackle and defensive end. And undrafted free agent from the practice squad, defensive tackle out of Central Florida, Jamius Pittman also thinks he might get elevated to the active roster. He has worked in with the second team defensive tackle group so far this week. But back to the injuries here for the Dolphins. They had a bunch of guys that did not practice on Wednesday. Running back Brandon Bolden, defensive end Andre Branch, tight end A.J. Derby, cornerback Bobby McCain, and defensive end Cameron Wake. Out of that bunch, I would imagine Wake and Bolden are the only ones that are back. We know McCain is down, Derby likely down, as well as Andre Branch. Devontae Parker was limited, as was Chase Allen, so they have a chance to get back into this game. And a bunch of other guys that were full participants, including Jawan James and Danny Amendola had his Veterans Day off. But those guys should be good to go. On the Bengals side, it's an awfully long list here. Here as well. Giovanni Bernard did not practice. Tyler Eifert and Billy Price, the tight end and first round pick center for the Bengals, both are going to be out for this game. Linebacker Preston Brown, defensive end Michael Johnson, running back Joe Mixon, wide receiver John Ross, and right guard Alex Redman were all limited on Wednesday's practice. And you guys can find that list as well as the entire pregame review up on LockedOnDolphins.com. It's published live for you guys right now. Dolphins at Bengals. Week 5 preview. And we're going to talk about that next on the podcast. Let's go ahead and kick that off. That's another Miami Dolphins. 
We're going to break this game down in the second segment of the podcast in regards to the most important matchups and what the Dolphins can do to win this game. But I wanted to start off with the three keys to the game because I think they really trump everything in terms of what the Dolphins have to do to get back on the winning side and get back in the good graces, I suppose, of the Miami fan base because you have two teams really going in different directions right now, even though they're 3-1. and one. And I talked to James Rapine yesterday of Locked On Bengals, and he is pretty confident in this Bengals team going forward. But he was weary of the letdown game, and that's something we have to discuss later on in the podcast too. Let's go ahead and get into these three main keys. The first one here really revolves around the Dolphins' banged-up interior offensive line, and because of what Geno Atkins is on the inside and how active he is disrupting both the run and the passing game, I figure Miami is going to have to help chip and double him with a running back inside, do things to keep him from destroying the game, and really compromising that interior pocket that Ryan Tannehill needs to play his best ball, his most confident ball. So the first key is for Laramie Tunzel and Jawan James to lock the edge down in one-on-one situations. They're going to be on an island all day by themselves with this Bengals good pass rush, whether it's Carlos Dunlap, Carl Lawson, Jordan Willis or Sam Hubbard, they have a litany of pass rushers that can wreck the game on the outside. I expect Tunzel and James to have their hands full, and they have to win those matchups. Number two, on the other side of the ball, the exact same thing. Miami needs to win the edge battles with Cameron Wake and Robert Quinn, because as we heard from James yesterday, Cordy Glenn really struggling with speed rushers right now, and the film backs that up. He is very heavy-footed, and Robert Quinn has a chance to get around that edge on him and disrupt things. Same thing goes for Cameron Wake on the opposite side. He has just the one sack this year, but he has been active and they need him to beat Bobby Hart on the right side of the line and win those one-on-ones that he gets there as well. So winning the edges on both sides of the football, forcing Andy Dalton up into the pocket to make some mistakes because if they do that, he is prone to make mistakes. And number three, just stay on the damn field. The offense has been atrocious at at extending drives. These three, four, five play drives are not going to get it done. They need to sustain these drives because giving the Bengals offense 80 plays as Miami has done the last two weeks is a surefire way to lose the football game. And they added bonus here to the three key structure here, if you will. The Dolphins need a bounce back game from the quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. And here's why I think he can have it. You look at what the Patriots did to him on defense in that last game, and there were plenty of errors in the quarterback's game and plenty of opportunities where he could have elevated his play to a level, not maybe to a winning level, but just to a level where they could have been more respectable and kept the game close into the second half. But I think some of those opportunities he had in that game that he's going to see on tape this week and get corrected are available for him against the Bengals defense that really has a similar zone coverage to what the Dolphins run on their side of the ball. And they can displace some of those linebackers and make some stuff work in the underneath game. The things that Miami are strong at with the slot receivers, Danny Amendola, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, some of that inside shovel action, the crossers, the deep overs, The Falcons attack that Bengals defense with some of the drive concepts that can move those linebackers out of their zones. And I think Miami can have some success in that area, as well as keeping the ball off the edge in the running game. So I expect Ryan Tannehill to get back on track, to get things going. And I think there's a lot on tape that backs up that assertion. And Miami is going to need its quarterback to play very well in this game and have that big bounce back game, which he has done in the past in his career. So we will see if that trend continues on Sunday, and we're going to get further into this contest on the other side of the podcast. But first, a word from our friends over at MyBookie. And you guys know that ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. It's usually which team to bet on. And the truth is, I don't always know who's going to win. But if you think you do, you got to check out MyBookie. 
They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. They are the best bet you'll make this season, and I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie, where you win, they pay. My bookie has in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And since my bookie is slammed with new bettors and they want to give everybody the best possible customer service, if you're willing to deposit your money after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when using promo code locked on to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use promo code locked on when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play money. And again, wait until after 7 p.m. and you can get an extra $25 free play by using promo code LOCKEDON25 for that free $25. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take that extra cash at my bookie where you play, you win, you get paid. It is Thursday on the podcast here, the October 4th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and that means it's time to preview the upcoming game on Sunday. The Dolphins travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals in what has suddenly become a pretty important early season game. Dolphins at 3-1, and one, Bengals at 3-1. and one. The game is at 1 o'clock Eastern at Paul Brown Stadium. It's supposed to be a really warm 86 degrees with a 20% chance of rain, and the Bengals are favored by six and a half points and due in large part to their dynamic offense, which is currently white hot. And you guys should know by now that Bill Lazor is the one running the show over there. And that offense looks pretty similar to what Miami was trying to do back in 2014 when Bill Lazor was calling the shots for that Miami offense. They love to spread things out. They love to go zone read on the offense. And the more rounded complement of wide receivers they have this year compared to years past has really made the big difference for Andy Dalton, who's playing really, really well right now. The ball's coming out of his hands quickly. He's getting the ball down the field with touch and accuracy, and they're taking a lot of anticipatory shots down the field out of switch concepts where you have two guys that will switch in the middle of the route and kind of makes the defense show their hand very early on. They use a lot of motion, a lot of jet sweep stuff, a lot of crossers underneath, using speed to stretch out the defense vertically and horizontally. And I think where the biggest concern comes for the Dolphins defense is, yeah, you have A.J. Green probably against Xavier Howard most of the day. Tyler Boyd's been very good, but because they're going to have to commit so many bodies to those superstar type of players, I don't want to call Tyler Boyd a superstar yet, but he's getting there having a very productive third season in the NFL. That creates matchups with running backs and tight ends against linebackers that we all know so well that we do not like. And I think that if they get Joe Mixon or Giovanni Bernard healthy in this game and on Kiko Alonso or Raquan McMillan, even Jerome Baker, I suppose, that does not bode well for the Miami defense. But where they can get the Bengals is those edge rushers as well as the interior defensive line for the Miami Dolphins. This interior Bengals line has not been great. Alex Redman at right guard. And though center Trey Hopkins has filled in for Billy Price nicely, I like Vincent Taylor and Devon Godshaw to win those matchups. So they can shut down the interior running game as well as put pressure on Dalton off the edges. I think they have a chance to contain this white-hot offense right now. You go over to the other side of the football on defense, and like the same thing with the offense, it's kind of similar to what Miami does because Terrell Austin coming from Detroit... He brings a lot of the same principles the Dolphins try to employ in terms of the zone coverage and the aggressive one-gap attacking type of defense up front. Though he did say when he got hired to Cincinnati, he wanted to keep things 
relatively similar to what they did previously with the Bengals and all that centers around Geno Atkins and his ability to disrupt plays immediately off the snap. That's something the Dolphins are going to have to mitigate. The big, big disadvantage in this game for Miami is the fact that Travis Swanson, Ted Larson, and Jesse Davis have to deal with Geno Atkins and everywhere he lines up. As far as the secondary, there are some holes and some opportunities to attack on that secondary. They play a lot of zone coverage and the interior routes, the in-breaking routes, the slants, the digs, the crossers, the drive concepts that like to move linebackers out of position. That stuff should be available, but also the running backs. And I talked about Kenyon Drake and what he can do in this game. I think that he can get matched up on some of those linebackers and Vontez Perfect is back in this game. He's a big upgrade for them, but if they can isolate Kenyon Drake on some of those guys in that zone coverage and get breakdowns there with some swing routes, some flat routes, some screen routes, he can have a big day in the passing game as well as the running game, stretching this defense horizontally because they want to play fast and inside. They want to flow to the football. Miami has to incorporate some misdirection, some zone read, some quarterback keep, and get the running game going. If they can't get the running game going, they're not going to have success. And I think that's where the opportunity presents itself. Throw lots of screens to the outside of the formation, make these guys tackle an open field, and make it a priority to get the football out of Ryan Tannehill's hands quickly. No more of these behind-the-chains, off-schedule, penalty-driven drives that just get given up on by Adam Gaze and company. So it's very important to stay on schedule for the offense. And like I said in the other segment, keeping the defense fresh and off the field because they've ran too many plays the last two weeks. As far as where Miami has the opportunities, I mentioned getting this defense stretched out. That's a big one for them. The Falcons had a lot of success in their outside stretch zone and also doing split zone and and man gap scheme against this Bengals defense. I think Miami can do some of that similar stuff to get the running game going a little bit. Like I mentioned, getting those linebackers isolated in coverage, that's a big opportunity. Concerns, it's all about Geno Atkins and this Dolphins offensive line. They're going to have to find a way to protect inside, and I'm not sure how you do that with the running back coming in to help and also get the running back involved in the passing game. They're going to need both of those things to kind of work out, and they kind of work against each other. So it's going to be difficult there. That's a concern. The fact that the Dolphins are an awful, awful road team is a pretty big concern as well. They have to get out to a faster start in this game. Things have to go in the opposite trend they have been going for the Dolphins to get a win in this game. Can they? I'm not quite sure yet. I do think, however, the Bengals are ripe for a bit of a trap game here, coming off of that very impressive win over the Atlanta Falcons, and then they have Pittsburgh next week, which is their biggest rival, their most hated rival. This is something of a sandwich game for the Bengals, where they could get caught looking ahead, kind of like Miami did against the Oakland Raiders. We know Miami salvaged that game late, but it was ugly, and they had to really come back in the end of that game to get that W. I think we could see something similar from the Bengals in this one. And kind of circling back to the opportunities, Andy Dalton threw some passes in a couple of games that should have been picked off that were not. He has not been picked off that much this year, but the Dolphins defense does take the football away, leading the NFL in interceptions. I think if they create a couple opportunities where Andy Dalton throws the ball into coverage or into double coverage, whatever it is, they can make that happen. And then once it does happen, they have to capitalize and intercept the football and take advantage of a quarterback that throughout his career has mostly been a turnover-prone quarterback. Add that up with a blowout loss last week. Teams typically rise to the occasion after that happens. And this Dolphins team tends to play better when they're underdogs and doubted than they do when they're praised and expected to make a big step in the next direction. So I think the Dolphins come out with a bit more fire and moxie compared to what the Bengals do. And we're going to finish up this podcast with locking it up and my final score prediction. And we'll do that next. But first, a word from our friends at Swap.com. And if you're like me, you hate spending money on brand name clothes and you hate even more driving to the store and sifting through racks... 
trying to get the attention of the floor people. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year, and shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can feel good about at Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment thrift store where you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Nike, Lululemon, J. Crew, Gap, Carters, whatever it is, Swap.com has it. They have quality hand-inspected items added daily, and if something doesn't fit, you enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days, and for a special limited time only, our listeners can get 35% off select items for your first order with promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 35% off your first order, plus find new deals every day on Swap.com's homepage, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store, Swap.com. It has been a long week, plenty of bickering on Twitter, and everything negative popped out from their ugly hiding holes the last few days, and Miami has a chance to stuff all of those trolls and cave dwellers right back into their caves, which where they came from, and I'm going to predict the game here in just a second. But first, we have to get to one of my new favorite segments, as I believe I am 2-0 against the Raiders. I talked about Jakeem Grant breaking out and having a big impact on that game, which I think we all can agree he did. And then last week, the prediction was talking about how the referees are going to be a talking point in the game for the Patriots in their favor. And I think we all can agree that happened with a couple of those illegal contact and holding calls and pit calls. Well, that went down in a negative fashion. So this week... I'm going to get a bit more bold in the week five. Lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. And we are locking up this week a big, big breakout game from none other than... Running back Kenyon Drake, 150 yards from scrimmage. They are going to bust out the stretch zone, the split zone, their ability to get him out in space on the edge of this defense. The Falcons did well to displace the linebackers in the passing game. There were some opportunities for that to happen last week for Kenyon Drake against the Patriots. I think they make that an area of focus and get their star potential back going this week, and they will do it. In winning fashion, that's right, Miami gets to 4-1 and one by going on the road and beating a white-hot team who, ironically, has the same record as Miami, yet the two seem to be trending in entirely different directions. Everyone very hot on the Bengals, everybody very cold on the Dolphins. Miami plays a tight game throughout, gets the ball last in a tied game, and marches into field goal range where Jason Sanders, who earlier in the game kicked his first field goal since week one, comes out for his first pressure kick of his career and Miami goes home a winner and sits at 4-1 and one with two crucial head-to-head wins, retains first place in the AFC East, and sits comfortably in the second seed in the AFC after the 2018's first five weeks of the season. One of the biggest surprises in the NFL with this win. As for this podcast today, guys, that is my time. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a Friday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.
Thank you.